0: Thank you for joining us on the Coaching Podcast. As part of the SIN Network, we are passionate about equipping church planters to live out the call God has placed on their lives. Join us as we talk through healthy coaching practices and why every church planter needs one. Here's your host, Dino Senesi. Welcome to the Church Planter Coaching Podcast. Uh, my name is Dino Senesi and I'm the coaching director of the SIN Network. And today we have with us George Ross. George Ross is the sind missionary in New Orleans. And so, how did I do on that, George? Did I say New Orleans okay?
1: You did okay. You did okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, very good. I love New Orleans and spent a lot of years down there, and uh, I love what God's doing with you, uh, George. But I just have to talk a little bit about New Orleans, the city of New Orleans. Uh, What do you love most about living in New Orleans?
1: Absolutely the culture. New Orleans is said to be an island in the south, Uh, with French and Caribbean influences. It's the most laid-back city in the world, and and I love the culture of the city.
0: What about, are you a Saints fan?
1: I am a Saints fan. I was a Saints fan before I moved here. Actually, I moved from North Mississippi outside of Memphis, Tennessee, Mm -hmm. and there are not a lot of options in that neck of the woods. So I've been a Saints fan for a long time. It worked out well.
0: Yeah, there's a ton of Mississippi Saints fans because uh, uh, you really don't have a lot of options out that way. And uh, and if you live in New Orleans and you're not a Saints fan, you better hide somewhere because every man, woman, and child seems to be one.
1: Absolutely. And then Archie. So Archie Manning is Mississippi's favorite son. So... Uh, that's another connection there to the Saints.
0: It's all crazy. It's all crazy. And uh, win or lose, there's some tenacious Saints fans there, and I'm still one myself, even in Carolina country. And so, uh, so, <laughs> I, so I love that. Okay, so what's your favorite place to eat in New Orleans?
1: Favorite place to eat is New Orleans Food and Spirits. My favorite place to
0: eat. Now, where is that, uh, George? I'm trying it's to. Place...
1: That's a little bit more of a local place. It's in that area called Bucktown. Okay. So, it's uh, Lakeview, Bucktown area. It's actually in Metairie, but it's right next door to Orleans Parish. And it's just a local place, and they serve some incredible seafood uh, and just have great, great food. So, if you go in there, you won't see a lot of tourists, but you will see a lot of locals. I
0: really got a good you. place to eat. I got you. What do you usually get?
1: I usually get redfish train. Uh,
0: redfish
1: okay. train. It's a, a great meal. It's got a crawfish sauce on top of it. Really, really good.
0: Yep. Sounds sounds typical, and I'm sure a low-calorie, healthy treat.
1: Uh, it is low-calorie if you just get the fish, but I get the pot uh, and the sauce, <laughs> so I ruin it.
0: But you work out a lot, so, man, you make up for it, right?
1: As, as I try to
0: <laughs> very good uh, I love the story of your family and and uh, gosh it's so ingrained in, in, in everything that you do even in some of your coaching uh, works in your coaching workshop and everything else but uh, uh, you, it's very unique uh, you enjoy and and your children talk just a second about your family and maybe something you love to do together in New Orleans
1: uh, sure we have a family of six. So we have been foster parents for two years, and we adopted in March of this year. Uh, It's been a a journey that was uh, very difficult at times, very sanctifying journey. But we adopted two children here in New Orleans, and uh, they are part of our forever family. So we're just so very grateful to the Lord for that, grateful to be a part of that picture. Uh, My family is very active. We actually love doing stuff outdoors. So here in New Orleans in the summertime, that gets a little difficult with the heat. But we love anything outside. We we camp, uh, we canoe, uh, a lot of kayaking around here. So we do fishing around here. We have a very active outdoor family. We also love the movies. So If there's a good movie, we're going. We've already seen uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, and my kids give it all a a thumbs up.
0: Okay. Well, that's important. That's better than reading online reviews. Let's hear some some real reviews. Uh, Really good.
1: Absolutely. Great movie.
0: So uh, you're a sin missionary, and I would think that – Most people listening would probably know what a sin missionary is, but I'm sure there's some that wouldn't. So talk about what your role is in in reaching the city of New Orleans.
1: Uh, Really, uh, four primary things for me right now. One, we put together a strategy, a a plan to have a, a church planning initiative here in the city. So we worked on that when we first got here, and we want to see churches planted in neighborhoods all across New Orleans. The second thing that I do is help mobilize churches, The churches out in um, the South or even farther outside the South, we've got some coming as far uh, right now as uh, Ohio uh, working in the city. So churches that are partnering in the city, we're trying to mobilize them in prayer, participation, and provision. Uh, The third part of my job is planter support. And planter support has to do with the coaching, with the uh, planter support for the planter himself and the planter's family, the spouse. My wife is very engaged in that. So Joy and I are active in planner support. And then the fourth part of my job is I'm very involved in sin relief here as well. So we're trying to see the sin relief initiative get some traction, take root here in the city, and I'm involved in that as well.
0: Well, wow, and I think there'd be a lot of great opportunities for sin relief in a city like New Orleans.
1: It there really is, uh, and we're just touching the surface of it right now. So a lot of good things happening, and, and we even look forward to more things in the future. We have 18 Gen Sen students here right now that have just done a tremendous job in the city, and uh, we'll be offering that yearly. So we're excited about the opportunity for collegiate students to come and, and work in the city, not only with church planting, but to work in the city with many of our relief initiatives.
0: Yeah, Very good. What a great way to communicate the love of Jesus to people in New Orleans, too. Yes, Absolutely. So let's turn the turn the page and talk a little bit about coaching. Uh, since this is a coaching podcast, we have to go there. And uh, so I wanted to talk a little bit about your coaching story. What got you interested in coaching?
1: I went to a gospel coach conference, and I'm almost positive it was 2009, in Chicago. So that was one led by Scott Thomas. He wrote the book Gospel Coach. Mm-hmm. And uh, my wife and I went. And and to be honest, we were really at a place where we were dry and tired and exhausted in ministry. And I had no idea what the conference was about. I really didn't. We were even planning it, hey, let's go and have a break in Chicago. And uh, my wife uh, actually just spent some time resting. I went to the conference. And that conference was just monumental in helping me see some things that were very much neglected in my life. One of the questions that Scott posed is, who is shepherding your soul?" So Acts 20, 28 says, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. That question that was posed to me, uh, you know, if we're going to be shepherds of the flock, we need to pay careful attention to ourselves. Who's shepherding you? And uh, who's shepherding your soul? And I knew the answer to that for me at that time was no one. Uh, and because of that, I was really struggling. I was struggling in marriage. I was struggling in ministry. And I was just struggling in life. And the Lord used that to really convict me, to challenge me, to lead me to some real areas of repentance in my life. And I made a commitment at that conference that I would never neglect myself like I had neglected myself and I had neglected my soul. So that was a a turning point for me. That was a marker. I, I look back and Joy and I talk about this all the time. That was one of the most defining spiritual markers of our life and our marriage even though she wasn't at the conference, she talks about it in our gospel coaching conferences that we do, that that was a turning point for me, where I really decided to take a hold of my life, uh, to take take a hold of the fact that I'm responsible for shepherding myself, and to, to make some strategic choices and take initiative in that area of my
0: life. Well, and you talk about powerful questions and how God could use a powerful question to change the course of someone's life. Uh, and so if you're a coach out there, uh, I don't think that questions are tools or weapons or something to manipulate people with, but if you're collecting great questions, that is a great one. Who is shepherding your soul? The whole idea of self-leadership and, and shepher- shepherding yourself is, is great. So so as you think about that, I want you to unpack Gospel Coach just a little bit more, some of the nuances. The, I've, I'm familiar with the book. I've read the book. Uh, and uh, but from from your perspective, what unique things does gospel coach training bring to the table?
1: I think, in, in a nutshell, it brings it back to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it makes you understand that your identity, your worth, and your value is not in performance, uh, and that is such a trap, especially for church planters. It's a trap for anyone in ministry, but it's a major trap for guys in church planting. So really going back to your worth and value is rooted, it is foundationally in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, you're deeply loved by the Lord. You are approved by God. You're accepted by God. And and even uh, more uh, clearly in that picture, you're adopted by God. And, And those truths should really give you confidence, gospel confidence, and it should give you gospel courage. Uh, to be able to do the ministry that you're doing, and not fall into the trap of having to have people's approval uh, and and living and dying on the hill of performance. But for me, that's really what I took away from that. And I'm a I'm a performance driven guy. You know, I function by achievement, and that's an idol for me. You know, if I can achieve something, uh, and I can get to the end of it, and I can accomplish it, achieve an accomplishment are huge things that I will allow my identity to be controlled by. So that was really a challenge for me from the Gospel Coach workshop, the the Gospel Coach book, uh, that you need to be faithful, and and you can be faithful because you're already approved, adopted, and accepted in Christ Jesus. And that was just a huge foundational shift for me.
0: Well, and that's a difficult balance, even when you talk about coaching. So I want you to address that in just a second. But when when you think about coaching, the the method or the model of coaching can become very performance, very flesh, very goal oriented in a in a counterproductive way. So so as yeah. a coach, which you you you're, you're a, a highly trained coach, highly experienced coach, how do you help a planter without making putting him in essence under law, putting him putting him uh, in, in a performance trap?
1: First of all, just the clear communication of that foundational identity in Christ, mm-hmm. who are you in Jesus, which also should bring great motivation. You know, one of the things in my life, I'm an active guy. Now, I stay busy, and I love that. I am a doer by nature. But one of the things I've transitioned my doing into, I'm not doing for God to love me anymore. I'm doing because I've been really loved. And, and I don't think you you lose Uh, your initiative, or you lose your activity, you just lose the motivation behind why you're doing it. My -hmm. motivation for the longest time was for people to see what I've done. And my motivation now, and goodness gracious, we certainly battle this every day, our motives can get off the wrong track, but I'm always keeping in front of me, my motive is because I am loved, and I have been approved, and I have been adopted and accepted, and and I've got a life to live for the Lord, and I'm going to give him all that I got without abandoning, Uh, my priorities of my family, without abandoning my priorities of shepherding myself, I'm going to work for the glory of the Lord because uh, he's worth it and uh, my life's worth it. So for me, it's a shift in motives. And that's what I'm trying to get church planters to understand. What's your motives behind what you're doing? And here's the flip side of that. Sometimes in church planting and sometimes in a little bit younger generation, I've heard this phrase used many times, you know, I'm just going to rest in the gospel. And I've had to push back sometimes on planners. Say, "Hey, you're gonna to have to get up off your rear end and and get busy. You just can't live your life resting in the gospel. It's a great yeah. word. It's a great phrase. But we also do have to uh, make sure we're being fruitful, productive
0: Christians. Sure. And and our, and our tendency is always to to over to over focus and over emphasize and find the the negative in something incredi- incredibly positive. That's right. That's so, right. So so uh, so so. Really good. George, this is some very rich stuff for coaches to hear, uh, some very foundational uh, foundational truths that's that's important. And understanding even as coaches, George, we understand the why behind the what uh, because you, you talked about a shift in motives and really, really strong to say, the, the why am I even doing what I'm doing? But a coach has to say, why am I even coaching? Am I coaching for recognition and applause? Am I coaching – uh, to try to get more out of somebody else. And and so yep. v- very well said. I, I hope a lot of coaches get to hear uh, what we're what we're talking about today. I want to wrap up on one thing, and that's actually three things that are one thing. You wrote a blog, and I pushed it out to a lot of people on the Coach Monthly and on, on Twitter. Uh, three reasons why coaching's beneficial. Three reasons why coaching's beneficial, and we'll have this in the show notes. But I wanted us to review uh, three reasons you hit some really – solid, solid, important points when it comes to coaching. So you had three, the first one you had is discovery. Talk about that just a little bit.
1: Yeah, we always see ourselves better than we really are. I do it. I think everyone does it part of coaching that is huge is the discovery. You have someone else hearing, listening, watching you, and and that idea of self-awareness and self-consciousness that's so important to coaching. Uh, that discovery part of that is, I think it's just essential for guys in leadership, guys in ministry. Coaching helps you know who you really are.
0: Yeah, I've heard that a good coach is, like, uh, a bi- uh, is a mirror in the life of the person that he's coaching. So if God could use us to be a mirror for someone else, uh, that's going to be really helpful as they discover. And then reason number two why coaching is beneficial, George, you said it's because of development.
1: Uh, yeah, I think the most dangerous place we can be is when we're stagnant. Uh, we're not going forward and we're not going back. So coaching is an opportunity for development. Uh, this past year, one of the things that I try to do every year is I try to go to a developmental conference. So this past year, I picked multiply training. You go uh, Mac and uh, Charles do the train training for trainers. And, man, that just sharpened me. Uh, I needed that really bad. Uh, because I had seen myself getting a little stagnant in some of my some of my coaching conversations, and uh, that particular uh, conference and workshop was just huge for me. So, and they were my coaches for a couple of days. So I think coaching is developmental and it's helping you grow and it's helping you not stay stagnant and it, it's helping you become a better leader.
0: Well, and and multiply training and train the trainer is just a plus in still making the focal point you and your development and your growth. And so that's an yeah. incredible, incredible thing that's happening in a lot of our sin cities now, and and uh, it's, it's amazing the progress they're making. So reason number two, uh, reason number one was discovery, reason number two is development, and number three, a reason that coaching is beneficial, according to you, was discernment.
1: Uh, yeah, my greatest, one of my greatest struggles early on in church planting, when I was younger, planting a church outside of, of Memphis was just impulsiveness. I always felt like I had to do it, and I had to do it now. And I look back over some of those decisions that were made in my life, and if I had I had a coach speaking into that, uh, a coach really listening to what I was about to do, I probably wouldn't have made some of the decisions that I made out of impulsiveness thinking that I have to do this, or you know, we're going to uh, die. I have to hire this person, or we're not going to make it in the life of the church. So coaching brings that level of discernment where you have other eyes and other ears listening to what you're doing, listening to what's going on, and it can offer wise counsel to you.
0: Really great stuff, and you guys could find this in the show notes. Uh, the uh, three reasons why coaching is beneficial, Uh, you'll be able to find some of George's other materials in the show notes as well. We're going to talk about that in a future podcast, but George, thank you so very much, not only for coming today and giving us a few minutes, but also for all that God's doing through you and those people around you in New Orleans, a great city, a great world city, uh, where where you're making uh, a Jesus known uh, in that in that city, so I really really appreciate what you're doing, and also want to remind listeners that at, if you'll go to nam.net forward slash podcast, you could hear an entire uh, just a plethora, just pick that word out of the sky, a plethora of podcasts on all (laughs) kinds of topics, including Send Relief, which we mentioned today. They have a great podcast. Uh, Send Network has podcasts, uh, more than just coaching podcasts. There's all kinds of things that will help equip you, inspire you, and encourage you in what God is asking you to do where you are right now. So until the next podcast, uh, keep coaching. You have been listening to The Coaching Podcast, a resource of the North American Mission Board. Are you a church planner in need of a coach? Visit namb.net slash coaching to learn more.